It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. This is the Plan with Dan podcast, Walter Storholt alongside Dan Betzel, and it's time for part two of our Financially Savvy Grandparenting series. So on the most recent podcast, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to that one, I would encourage you to go and listen to that one first. So go listen to part one of Financially Savvy Grandparenting, although this is kind of like one of those movie sequels, Dan, where, you know, really you could probably listen to this one and then go listen to the first one and you're going to be okay. You don't you don't necessarily have to listen to them in order. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. you know, do what do what you want. I'm the kind of person, like, if there's a part two of something, I've got to go see part one. <laughs> I, can't, I can't not have the context of part one, even if you say you don't have to have the context of part one. I've got to have it anyway. So That's why I've never been a Star Wars fan, because my mind can't handle the, we started in the middle, and then we went forward, and now we're, you know, <laughs> then we went back, and now we're forward. I my my brain just can't handle it. So, oh, well, I, I am a Star Wars fan, but I but I, I do like to watch them in order, though. You do? Okay. So yeah, that's always a debate. Do you watch them in the order that they're? If right. if someone for brand new was going to watch Star Wars, uh, how would you tell them to do it? Start with you know the Jar Jar Binks error from you know episode true episode one, or do it from you know the ones that were made in the seventies and go in the order that they were released. How how would you advise someone? Um, I would suggest to go in the order that they were released. Oh, you would. I d- Interesting. No. Okay. No doubt for me, no doubt okay. for me at all. But you know, you know, this you get to choose whatever you want. That's the beauty of it, right? Yeah, you get to choose. <laughs> so. That would be an interesting experiment. I'm, I wonder if someone's done that. Take two people that have never seen the series and have them watch it different, <laughs> the two different ways, and then get their comments at the end of it. Anyway, you have to be a little nerdy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm more than a little nerdy, so it's <laughs> <laughs> we can nerd out a little bit on the podcast right. every That's once right. in a while. But you're here for financially savvy grandparenting, not Star Wars talk. So Absolutely. we'll turn the conversation back in that direction. But all that to be said, there is a part one. If you'd like to listen to that one first, please go do it. We cover a couple of good examples. If you don't think you'll go listen to part one, here's a quick recap. We talked about not underestimating the power of the Roth IRA being a good tip for grandparents to help their grandkids become financially savvy adults. Another tip was to understand how to help with college savings. There are other ways than 529 plans to help out. Find creative ways to help kids have an appreciation for saving and investing. And understand that it's a different world today from the one that you grew up in. And Dan, I mentioned my uh, my grandmother in the previous podcast about how she yes. had helped a little bit with you know opening a Roth IRA as a graduation right. present. Right. Yeah. I failed to mention another cool thing that she did on the creative ways to help kids uh, uh-huh. have an appreciation for saving and investing. So for Christmas every year, what she would do is a scavenger hunt for the three grandkids. And we would go on a scavenger hunt around the home, and then we would always come to the the final gift. We always knew what it was every year. It was going to be stock. But she made it really creative and fun for us kids to go around the house opening different little mini presents along the way, you know, just these little tiny fun things, but then they all had then a clue for where the next thing was. And then eventually we would find the, you know, the stock would be the last cool thing. And she would buy stock in companies that were really fun and relatable to us kids. So, you know, it'd be a a share of Walt Disney or of, uh, you know, Harley Davidson or, you know, kind of Hershey, you know, Hershey, like (laughs) chocolate bars and, you know, that kind of thing. And so she would just find a way to make it very relatable 
relatable, fun, and it just got you really engaged in saving and investing even from a very young age. Always thought that was very cool. Uh, sounds like a natural teacher. Yes, yes, she is. Um, Absolutely. Very, very cool. She actually went back to school, I think in her 50s, and went to Rutgers and ended up as number one in her class, graduated from Rutgers and became the vice president of a bank. So wow. af- after not having gone to school and raised a family, she went back to school, just got you know hundreds and A's in every class that she took and became a vice president of a bank at the end of her career for the for the last couple of years. Very Good for her. That's one what a great story. Very cool story. person. Very cool person. All right. So here's tip number five of our financially savvy mm-hmm. grandparenting. And that would be to gift money with purpose. And you touched on this a little bit in the first podcast as well, but this is an even deeper level of that. What do we mean by gifting money with purpose? Yeah, so I really uh, appreciate the clients that I've had, and they just don't like write a check, you know, and hand it to the grandkid, but they sit down and they have a conversation. It's a, it's a great opportunity, a great learning opportunity for you to teach, you know, your, your grandchildren, you know, about prudent uh, money and, and what to do with money. And they sit down and they say, you know, I'm giving you the, the $100 or the $200 or whatever it is, but this is for college or this is for your first car and it's really encouraging them you know to save for a longer period of time and to work toward a goal uh, rather than just you know here's the hundred dollars go out and you know blow it on a couple pair of jeans or something and I really think that's really great and it's it's actually using money uh, you know as a tool to create the life that you want and uh, I just really admire my clients that are, are you know sitting down and taking the time and, and using it as, a, as an educational learning tool yeah, feel free to earmark that money. That learning absolutely. opportunity, I think, is something that would be appreciated over a period of time. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's um, it's just great to be a, to be a part of that and to and to actually see it. I'm thinking of um, one particular uh, story that that's been in my office, and uh, so every holiday, every birthday, you know, the grandparents are putting money into this account, you know, and it's earmarked for college and. It's been actually quite amazing that, you know, over the years, uh, when their grandson turned 18 years old, he had almost enough money in this account to pay for the tuition, you know, at a at a local college, uh, not room and board, but all for tuition. And I thought, you know, wow, what a what an amazing gift and, and what amazing um, you know opportunity to to show your grandchild what's the effect and impact on your life, you know, of, of long term investing. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, um, you know, for several years when we were very young, before my grandmother started doing the the stocks, you know, she was you know from birth for birthdays, she'd been doing like savings bonds. And I'll never forget before freshman year of college, you know, taking this stack of savings bonds and going and seeing, you know, which ones had, you know, gotten to maturity, what mm, the values yeah. were and that kind of thing to to help sort of pay for that first year of college. And that was, that helped lessen the burden and how much of a loan we had to take out that first year. And then like you with uh, a lot of, I, you know, I, I worked through college and then I was able to get additional scholarships. I won some journalism awards and all those funds made it very easy or easier to graduate without this huge burden of, of debt. Yeah. But yeah, uh, a, but freshman a great gift freshman year those savings bonds ended up being a huge gift to help make it through so absolutely very very helpful so gift money with purpose there's a lot of good that can be done from teaching those lessons by earmarking those dollars also don't downplay the importance of money that would be tip number six of our financially savvy grandparenting series don't downplay the importance of money and this is an interesting tip this is where this and our final tip are both because. 
you know, the kids are watching you and watching your behavior. So be careful how you approach finances and money and what you say and what your actions are. Why is downplaying the importance of money a bad idea? Yeah, you know, uh, when I first hear this question or this this point, I, I think of um, the privilege I have sometimes of working with couples who are about to get married or maybe they just got married. And, you know, sometimes I hear, you know, well, we don't have to really worry about money because we love each other and love conquers all, you know, and, and I am at heart, you know, a hopeless romantic. You know, I, I, I believe that there's nothing better than going through life with someone you, know, you want to share your life with. And it certainly helps, you know, lessen the burdens and increases the joy. But nevertheless, you know, there's a very practical aspect that money is important. We live in a capitalist society and you have to have money to create the life that you want for yourself and your family. And, uh, you know, some people, um, you know, it's taboo boo to talk about money. Mm. I grew up, uh, I think I, most people that know me know this, I grew up in, a, in an immigrant family and believe me, we had an immigrant community. It was not taboo to talk about money. Everybody knew exactly. And we used to have mortgage burning parties, you know, in the street when someone <laughs> paid off their mortgage. And uh, so there, I still, I take that with me into my adult life, you know, so I, I don't really have a taboo talking about money. So I really really would encourage people, you know, to take the opportunity to engage in casual conversations and, and to help foster this idea that, you know, money is, is a tool to create the life that you want. And, you know, just because you, you have enough money to, you know, to, to pay the, the basic demands of life, you know, that money can be used not only to enrich your life, to enrich other people's lives. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong. Money is not evil. You know, I, you know, it's the love of money or it's worship money. And I think sometimes if you don't talk about it and you suppress it, it can actually come out in some very, you know, non-prudent and non-helpful, non-life affirming ways. So I, I encourage everybody, you know, talk about money and and be smart about it and and be generous with your time and with your money and and use it to create the life for you and also to help others. And it's just a great, just a great message to send to your grandchildren. You talk about money being a taboo subject, especially in the context of which we're discussing this today generationally from grandparent uh -huh. to kid to, to grandkids, yeah. that's where it's a lot of that taboo mentality kind of enters the equation. You know, I was recently talking, my parents have always been very, not to get too personal here, but they've always been very hesitant to talk about inheritances and, you know, what will happen, you know, f with the next generation. And and it's not just from me to my parents, but it's from them to their parents. They're, they don't want to push the issue or have the, you know, they're very hesitant to have that conversation because they don't want it to be come off the wrong way. And I kind of attack this mentality of, no, let's just talk about it casually. And because you probably have wishes and I want to make sure that those wishes get honored. And, you know, maybe there's some perspectives that we can all share. And I understand certain people want to be very personal about certain things, but you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of benefit from being open and just having it be a casual part of life where you can talk about money and not have it be this, as you mentioned, this elevated thing or this thing that's on a pedestal. It's everyday life. We deal with money every day. Why not? But it's important, too. So let's let's have conversations about it and not just ignore the topic. Yeah, that's a great point you make, Walter. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that my like 20 some years of estate planning as a estate planning attorney, you know, has influenced my thinking. But, you know, I always encouraged my clients that I was preparing estate plans for them, you know, to take the time and, and to get the kids involved, you know, when it's appropriate, you know, if the age is appropriate and the station of your, you know, the position of your kid's life's appropriate. And I do the exact same thing, you know, with my financial planning clients as well, that given in the right way, the right context, more information is 
almost always better than less information. Yep, great point. All right, one last one here, Dan, to wrap up our conversation on financially savvy grandparenting. Tip number seven, and again, this has to do with that how you're perceived or how your actions might maybe tell your grandkids something about money. Understand how kids, and especially in the teenage age, or the teenage years, teenage age, is that a thing? <laughs> Teenagers, uh, how they might perceive your complaints, your negativity about the economy and the stock market. Be careful of being you know, really negative about finances and money. You know, that is such a great point and something I was really unaware of. But about a year or so ago, I was at a financial planning conference and they had a section on, you know, dealing with millennials. And I was kind of interested in that because uh, both of my kids, my, my, my daughter's kind of like an older millennial and my son is a younger millennial. So I actually went went to that workshop hoping to get some insight, you know, so that I could be a little better dad. But what I didn't realize I was going to get was actually also how to be a better financial advisor. But I was surprised that the research shows that the children that kind of came to age, you know, after the 2000, 2007, 2008 Great Recession, that what they witnessed their parents go through, a lot of them, you know, the parents absolutely, you know, losing significant portions of their portfolio. And, you know, unfortunately, some of them losing their jobs and their houses. There's a whole generation that has been really, really impacted in a way that I didn't realize, you know, with the with what's coming out, with what happened in the 2007, 2008, you know, economic turmoil that we had. And a lot of them have just kind of turned away, you know, from investing. And I was just really moved by the whole presentation, the behavioral finance professor that was there from Dartmouth. And, you know, there's a great book I purchased, I think, 50 of them for millennials to help help them think about, you know, investing. And, uh, you know, I'd like to get those books into the hands of uh of millennials that, you know, my clients or other people may know, be great just to give it to them as a gift. But we have to be really careful, I think, just like we do with all aspects, you know, of, of our life, that you're parenting not only when you're talking, but you're also parenting what they're watching, how you're behaving, how you're reacting, the things that you say. And you have to be really careful because those messages can run very, very deep and they can actually, you know, adversely impact in a way that you never even intended to, you know, uh, your children's view of money and investing. So just be careful. And, and maybe it's time to have a conversation and say, you know, if that did happen to you, maybe it's time to say, you know, um, yeah, I, I reacted uh, out of fear. I didn't react from a position of strength. And, and maybe talk that out with your children. What's the book again that you mentioned for millennials? Yeah, it's called um, Whatever Millennial Needs to Know About the Stock Market. Whatever and millennial I, 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 I did not write the book. It was written by a behavioral finance team. And uh, I just really like the book. And and whenever I get a chance, I give it out to somebody. So if someone's interested in that, I'd love to give it, give them a copy. You can get in touch with Dan Betzel by calling 614-472-4510. Again, that's 614-472-4510. If you're on your smartphone or at a computer, you can also, of course, go to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com and get in touch through the website. And Dan might be happy to uh, put that book in your hands so you can give it to maybe a youngster that you know or someone that you know that might benefit from additional financial wisdom. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com is the place to go to access that. Well, Dan, this was a lot of fun. Financial Savvy Grandparenting, seven good tips 
to walk you down that path. And uh, I appreciate all your guidance and stories and help. Thank you so much, Walter. And much appreciated. By the way, if you want to order a free copy of Dan Betzel's Retirement Rescue Toolkit, to we focused a lot on the last two podcasts about helping your, your kids and your grandkids get prepared financially for their investing and, and financial future. But if you still need some help in that department as well, you can get Dan's Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Maybe you're a new listener to the podcast. Great resource for you. Dan packs that toolkit. It's an actual box, an actual physical toolkit that you get in the mail. He packs it full of all sorts of great information and resources. If you'd like to get a copy of that, you can order that on the website, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, or just look in the description of today's episode and click on the link that's in the episode description, and uh, you can order the toolkit there from your smartphone or computer. That's to get the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. For Dan Betzel, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast, and we'll talk to you again next time on Plan with Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.